0: Ain't gonna give up, got too little time, I'ma live up, head down, push forward through the tough times, cause anything we're doing is a tough climb. Hey there demons, it's us, you girls. Welcome to the Office Goblin Podcast. I'm S. And I'm D. And we are goblins, two goblins on the internet that have many thoughts, interests, and opinions about stuff and things. As we get deeper, now I think we're about waist deep? Into <laughs> preparing the body for sacrifice and Halloween season. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it's open for discussion. I think at this point, but the episode today will focus on our favorite haunted and cursed items.
1: Yeah, we we went the far and wide route in locations that we. Uh, appreciate the most in the paranormal aspect of things and now we're gonna bring that in on the next level instead of a location make it small make it pocket size something that can follow you (laughs) around for eternity
0: i think what is most terrifying is that there's so many haunted items and they come in so many forms and some of them very unsuspecting
1: yeah, I, I would agree. I think that, you know, we've had that conversation of when something or someone dies, you know, where does their soul go? And if it gets trapped here, can it get trapped in an item or can it get trapped to a place? Mm-hmm. And and then you kind of have that thought of, well, what would a person deem an item that is so close that they would trap themselves in it?
0: Do you think it's... um trapped because of let's say a traumatic death or because of vengeance maliciousness is it something that the soul or spirit in question has a choice in i'm just always curious of like what what sets the groundwork (laughs) for something to be attached to another thing that it shouldn't be yeah and how do we get there
1: it's a fair question that I definitely do not have an answer to.
0: Philosophers and people with a political science degree, sound off. <laughs> I gotta know, and the- theologians.
1: So would you like to kick us off on one of your top five favorite haunted items, dear S?
0: I would be honored. And I think the only way we can start this off is with the painting that Dee wouldn't talk about. <laughs> But I am that person that's like, come at me. (laughs) And that is Bill Stoneham's painting, The Hands Resist Him. So if one trolls enough in certain parts of YouTube or the internet or Reddit, you have maybe come across this painting that is supposedly cursed and that a few of its previous owners, and by my research, at least three, I don't know how many their owners there have been in total, but have died as a result of either owning the painting, being in proximity to it, something involving the painting that didn't vibe well. But um, Bill Stonem's background is very interesting because the painting itself was based off of a picture that was taken in his childhood in Chicago. And looking at the painting, there are many things that are off about it, very ambiguous about it. And it's hard to say about the feature's whether there's something very concrete to it, and I'll explain in a moment. So, but it's very unsettling and creepy to say the least, and I think Deacon Strongly <laughs> agree with that. I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us how you feel.
1: I was just going to warn anyone who is listening, and you are struck curious on what does that look like. Don't. I have never closed out and cleared my browsing history faster than when I decided to look up what that painting looked like. It is of this young boy standing Mm -hmm. next to this soulless doll sitting on the ground, and he's standing in front of a window with these, like, outlines of hands pressing against the glass. Yes. It is the most terrifying thing i've ever seen and i don't know if that is what the artist intended i would argue Mm -hmm. that it is a beautiful painting it is very well done correct even just i didn't even click on an image S. I just google searched (laughs) images of it and immediately canceled out i didn't even get past thumbnails it is very i don't even want to say shocking but just gripping
0: Yes. And Dee and I were talking about this before we started recording that there is something certainly about it artistically, again, very well executed. However, the longer you stare at it, the more off things you notice, such as what you think is a girl, but no, it's actually a doll. And the face of this boy who is the who is an actual human in the photo or painting The expression is very, you don't know if it's angry, if it's sorrowful. There's something about that expression that can be open to vague interpretation. Mm -hmm. The hands, are they disembodied? Were they put there before? Why is it so black in comparison to the prints of these white hands? And I don't know. It's, yeah, again, one of those things where it's like you just can't look away. Yeah. And... Some more context on it is that Stonem's wife, she had written a poem called Hands Resist Him. It was about Bill Stonem's childhood. He was adopted, obviously didn't get to know his siblings and so forth. And at the time he was working for a gallery and getting paid like $200 per piece, something measly like that. Mm-hmm. And he had taken inspiration during that time of pressure from his wife's poem, you know, and the childhood photo and combined it into these elements. And again, there's something so gripping about it, but in a very twisted way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. it does not bring about happy feelings.
0: No, it's very dark. Very, like, immediately. Like you said, even from the thumbnail, you don't need to enlarge this image to be like, well then,
1: this yeah. is spooky.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally agreed. But what would be your number one runner on the list then, D?
1: So something that I thought that a lot of people probably know of, but also one that we haven't seen on TV a million times, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> would be the Hope Diamond. Mm-hmm. It, now, the Hope Diamond is said to have been stolen from a statue originally, and Every person who has come in contact with it has died. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thief who stole it has been said to have met a gruesome death. None of the accounts that I was reading went into what exactly happened to them. But it was stated multiple times that it was not a pleasant nor a quick death. The next person is Jacques Colette who ended up dying by their own hand after they had acquired the diamond. The next mm-hmm. one was Princess de Lamabelle, And I apologize if I'm butchering these names. American education here. But she died by massacre in the French Revolution. And the third person is the merchant Jean Latavier Tavenier, who was mauled by wild dogs. Listen, so so these are just some of the deaths, these that are uh, written about. And the thing that I find most shocking about it is that none of them are easy deaths. None of them are death by illness or death by, you know, a quick murder, like a shot or something. These are people who were torn apart viciously.
0: Very traumatic deaths, whether it was by their own self, by suicide, or by these external means. Like when you say massacre, for instance, do you mean like the guillotine, or
1: I think they were dragged out of their house and
0: murdered in the streets, like holy massacre. Fuck. Okay, so wow. Uh,
1: thankfully, <laughs> the silver lining, I guess, is that the diamond was donated to the Smithsonian in 1958, and. Nothing has happened since. You know, no one who has taken care of it or or have seen it. Nothing ill has befallen them. And maybe it's a difference of someone trying to own something that does not belong to them versus celebrating a history.
0: I mean, also very hard to say because I think of many countries that have been colonized and continue to be so. Yes. I mean, like, how many items are in different collections all around the world that... Were plundered essentially. Oh, absolutely. From their home countries. Like, I think of mummies, right? And mm-hmm. things that, like, I don't care whether you're an Egyptologist, you know, from the US or Europe, Asia, wherever. Mm-hmm. If you're not specifically from Egypt, then what's the point? This is Egypt's personal history. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you should return, you know, that little wrinkled body <laughs> back to, from once it came. Yeah. And also because those allegedly tend to be cursed. And rightfully so. Maybe they knew, like, I know someone's going to get my, their grubby little fingers on me, try to rip me out of this place, take me overseas.
1: I mean, yeah, if if my body was interred after it was rightfully and and lovingly prepared and honorably prepared and placed mm-hmm. and, and celebrated... And then some guy, some Chad, randomly, 200 years whatever later... <laughs> Sir Chad. Right? Decides to, to take my body and plop, prop it up in his, you know, man cave. Like, of course I'm coming back to haunt this shit out of you. Are you
0: kidding me? <laughs> no. Yeah, there is no other option there. And <laughs> does it say in your research, like, where from the diamond was alleged to have originated from?
1: So it was said to have been mined in India. I mm-hmm. don't know if that's where the statue was when the thief stole it, though.
0: Okay, but like ballpark area of Asia.
1: Right. I would assume that it was still in India when it was stolen from a statue, but that's a total assumption. I, I didn't see exactly where the statue was mm-hmm. from. I just know that it was mined from India and then placed in a statue somewhere and then someone took it
0: listen if there is anything i know from watching movies like the mummy (laughs) and removing things from statues and just other bits and bobs that you know damn well even as a child (laughs) like oh they fucked up right that should not have been removed and you go ahead and do that yeah don't do it rules for surviving a horror movie and also (laughs) respecting a culture just don't touch it
1: yes yes absolutely yikes so what's what's next on your list
0: yes next on the list is and this one has been run into the ground again for horror fans out there the annabelle doll this one i find so interesting because expectation versus reality oh yeah (laughs) if you think about it the movie portrayal in the con um Yeah, in the Conjuring and Annabelle film universe, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's a creepy doll. It's a mannequin, dummy-looking doll. However, in real life, this is a Raggedy Ann doll, a big one. Yeah. And you thought Raggedy Ann couldn't be intimidating. Well, let me correct (laughs) that perception. What is very interesting about the Raggedy Ann doll is that The story is that it was given as a gift to a nurse by her mom and she had a roommate and both of them would allege that the doll would change positions, that its arm or leg was positioned differently every time they saw it. It would move locations throughout their home, write messages, and they had contacted a medium who had connected with the alleged spirit associated with the doll who said that its name was Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And it was believed that the spirit was a child, because of course, of, as you've learned from the last ep- few episodes and horror, <laughs> and children just make great little demons, I guess. Um <laughs> through their innocence. Right. And, and all that. And especially I think nurses, you know, playing to the piece of like empathy and sympathy and wanting to help others, but that the spirit of this child had asked for permission to have the doll serve as a permanent vessel for its spirit to house its spirit. And that when the nurse and her roommate had agreed things really went from zero to 100 real quick and Mm -hmm. just escalated through violence that the boyfriend of one of the nurses was said to have been choked out by it, scratched, you know, that it was, things were getting really sinister Mm -hmm. and that the doll was eventually taken by paranormal researchers Ed and Lorraine Warren, also featured in the conjuring and Annabelle films and sealed away in their museum in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Where it sits to this day, and you'll see it often in the photos, like, warning, absolutely, under no circumstances, do not open, because this thing is supposed to be that evil. So I find it really interesting, because this is just, like, a little glass display case. It's not, like, sealed behind, you know, (laughs) I don't know, museum-grade, dust-proof, cocked-up glass or anything like that. It's literally just sitting in this little case on its little chair, just hanging out. And that if you mock it, it, bad things are supposed to happen as well. Yeah. Um, Like other dolls we've described in past episodes, like Robert the doll from Key West, Florida. Yeah. But it's so fascinating to me that I just can't imagine them having the Annabelle and Conjuring movies featuring this Raggedy Ann doll just running, (laughs) wrecking havoc. Versus, you know, the actual, like, fictionalized doll like man they couldn't even keep the same doll (laughs) it's very
1: i think it's kind of fun how you bring up and how we have brought up how evil spirits tend to portray themselves as kids so that they can kind of get away with existing longer
0: yeah under the radar
1: i feel like that's the very same thing with the annabelle doll being a raggedy ann because yeah. Raggedy Ann was like huge in the 70s. Every little kid had a Raggedy Ann doll. Come the mm-hmm. come the 80s, everyone had a Cabbage Patch doll, right? And oh, then come God, the yep. come the 90s, that's when everyone started to have like My American Girl dolls, right?
0: Yes, if you could afford it.
1: <laughs> right. Very very um
0: succinct by there. Like if you could <laughs> yeah, afford that. Pores. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, so just kind of imagine your your everyday, normal, kind of cotton teddy bear doll, mm-hmm. and that is what is said to house this, this ancient evil. Not a mannequin, not even a china doll, not even one of those creepy Victorian dress-up dolls, okay? This is just- Yeah,
0: the porcelain ones. Mm-hmm.
1: Run-of-the-mill, borderline sock monkey doll, okay? This is not- originally complicated.
0: yeah no i mean this thing doesn't even have fingers like nothing Mm -hmm. no articulated joints it's not like a ball jointed doll it's literally as d is describing it to be just a few stitches here are some limbs i have like a mitten looking hand Mm -hmm. yarn for hair i have my creepy little beady eyes that's permanent smile fixed upon my face and it's like what raggedy ann and raggedy jack
1: i think so yeah
0: yeah it's like a two a female male counterpart and by all means this thing would be just like if you toss like we say toss like a rag doll right it just like floop, and it stays there and this thing was like bitch you thought and (laughs) (laughs) let me just go (laughs) write some messages threatening messages and let me go choke this guy out let me like flying elbow smash you know this nurse or whatever oh my god but (laughs) i can't watch the movies watch some documentaries there's a lot of interesting things out on the internet there's so many theories and speculations i don't even know if the ed and lorraine warren museum is open for public viewing anymore but no idea i think it's just like one of those things that's like for the vault of all ages of horror fans and those into the creepy and mysterious things d why don't you tell us what's next on the list
1: yeah so Funny enough, when we were kind of ending the conversation about my last item talking about mummies, uh, my second on the list is the Unlucky Mummy. So it is a mummy bo- mummy board, which is basically a coffin lid of mm-hmm. a high-status woman who lived in 950-900 BCE, and it was discovered by Thebes in the 1800s, and mm-hmm. the four... Englishmen who first purchased the lid all died in unfortunate circumstances. I put those in quotations because (laughs) I do not know how they died. But they were apparently all four, like young individuals and they all died very quickly after purchasing this lid. So then a man named Thomas Steed wrote an article about it and was having it it's it's rumored to have been shipped on the Titanic.
0: There were mummies on the Titanic, and that's a fact.
1: Yes. And part of the rumor is that it caused the Titanic to sink. Hmm. Good for her. <laughs> so Thomas is one, he actually died. He's one of the passengers who didn't survive the sink, sinking of the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And... So it said the lid is caused or the lid has been said to have caused the sinking of the ship in the first place and it now resides in our favorite location which is the
0: British Museum. <laughs> so how did it survive the sinking of the Titanic?
1: Well, reading more, I'm wondering if maybe it it wasn't originally on it. It was just that Thomas had written an article about it and then got on the ship, and, like, the curse followed him.
0: I hope everybody did their stretches this morning, because that's a reach by (laughs) (laughs) people speculating on this.
1: (laughs) I know, I know. I'd have to, I would have to, that's all I got on it, honestly, was that there are rumors that it was part of the reason the ship sank. And I don't remember which mummies were on the ship specifically. I don't know if this lid was on it and rescued or not. Mm -hmm. It's linked somehow. I think it's just one of those things where people are throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, it must be a very buttered spaghetti because (laughs) (laughs) ain't nothing sticking. But
1: I I was going to add that, you know, if you do look up the lid, I personally think it's beautiful. I think it's a really beautiful coffin lid, mummy board, what have, have you. you. It's still really well-preserved, but I agree with you in the sentiment that it doesn't belong in that museum. It does not belong in British hands. It belongs where it, it originated from. Go put it back.
0: Yeah, I. on a similar vein, I think because the British Museum has gotten in trouble before, and I think within the year, about people who were requesting items be returned to their home countries. Sure. And I think the museum had declined mm-hmm. either several or most of the requests. And in a very similar vein, I think of all the Asian art like you know, ties to Hong Kong and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just don't don't take stuff. <laughs> Please. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those where some people might argue, well, how else are we going to see it? Travel to that country. I there promise you, you, they have their own museums. And they are just as beautiful, just as grand, just as, you know, comprehensive to their own history as the British Museum is trying to
0: do. Yes. And I think you have the context there. And also lending so many museums lend collections to one another as in, you know traveling installations so there's always an opportunity but until then crack open a book crack open like fire up google ask Jeeves. i don't <laughs> even know if that exists anymore
1: <laughs>
0: but you know you have a number of resources available to you
1: mm-hmm.
0: that and i think even just like some cultural awareness cultural um appreciation of the history. It's just like when I go to a home goods store and see Buddhas yeah. littered around, and it's like, if you're not studying or practicing Buddhism, and you're just using Buddha as an adornment in, you know, your household, maybe reconsider it a little bit.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe just think about it for a second.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, I get it. You can enjoy the art for what it is, but... There's different ways to go about that without necessarily, I don't know, making it almost like this kitsch, weird thing in my brain. That's the only way that I can describe it. I don't know how else to say it.
1: Yeah, and I think another reason I kind of chose this mummy in particular, because obviously there are more stories about other, you know, Mm -hmm. mummies, whether it's the mummy itself or where they reside, that's haunted, but this one being a a high-status woman, and that's all it's labeled as, there's no mm-hmm. name, there's no record, there's no... Like, good for you, girl. Fuck them up. Like, that's who I'm rooting for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And it, do you know if it's, like, one of those pieces about Roman nobles who had likenesses of themselves painted on the fronts of coffins or a sarcophagus because you know how until a point in art whether Europe or elsewhere everyone kind of looked the same there was like the same generic face yeah yeah (laughs) and then they started like with the renaissance started leaning toward realism and realistic Mm -hmm. depictions of individuals so not everyone looks like a 50 year old man including the animals Babies, animals, people—it anyone and everyone, yeah. you know. Throw a fifty-year-old man face on it, if not older. Um, so, yeah, just just interesting, very interesting, how one culture kind of be- is influenced by another.
1: Yeah. Balls back in your court, my dear. What's your number three?
0: Yes, number three on the list. Once this thing likes to load, is the crying boy painting? I have a lot of paintings because. <laughs> <laughs> As as an art nerd, I think they're great. But so the crying boy painting is literally that what it sounds like a pic- mm-hmm. painting of a crying boy, like a small child. It's it's very sad. It's very sad to look at.
1: Yeah. Um
0: that allegedly the owners of this painting rather it was prints, what I found it was just copies of the painting, which is very interesting. Yeah. So, anyone who had a copy of the painting was said to have experienced fires, namely house fires, and that the only thing left standing was the painting of the crying boy. Yeah. And the original painter was an artist by the name of Giovanni Bragolin, and the painting was mass-produced. I don't know why people thought that was popular. It's kind of like those paintings of the large-eyed ch- children, you know, that were yeah. really popular at some point in time. And that a fireman claimed to have found the painting in multiple homes that had experienced fires. And again, that these were the only items that were left relatively, if completely unscathed and untouched. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't know if this was a story that had come up after the fact or during, or, you know, somewhere in the lore, you know, how these things work, that they pick up speed and this great kind of epic narrative builds around it. But that the boy featured in the painting was allegedly an orphan whose home had burned down, which I think makes it doubly sad. Yeah. So, but isn't that interesting by proxy? It doesn't even have to be the original thing that was said to have caused the issue, The just the prince alone.
1: That is weird because, you know, all of these items tend to be the person died in this uh, outfit or died holding this item or this is something that they were super connected to. So the Mm -hmm. idea of just a mass produced item honestly kind of freaks me out a little because I have art pieces in my house and I'm just like, is this one of them? Am I going to wake up tomorrow and my house (laughs) is on fire? Like what's happening?
0: Well, maybe if you have a picture of a small adorable crying child in your house maybe your house deserves to burn down oh (laughs) just kidding just kidding (laughs) i mean that could be a greater discussion for another time what is taste what is art why is this what is like what makes that a fad you know or uh, an imagery that people connect with and resonate with you know because i think any art Art is just so interesting because it's like, what does it mean to get it? Whatever it is. Sure. And some art is more visceral and, you know, on the nose and and just very impactful like that. Like, it's concrete. There's no BS there. Here's an image of this small crying child clearly in distress. The color choice, the palette used is mm-hmm. quite dark. So already the, the tone is very somber. Why would... People hang that up in their house, just like, let's say certain deities or relics, like a crucifix, you know, it's a person who is suffering on a cross. Sure. Why just or not just the cross itself? Why can't you have a plain cross? Why do you need the crucifix? Yeah. Right. So I'm not trying to, (laughs) you know, throw shade or anything, but I'm just like, in the midst of talking about this, it's got me thinking, what is it about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. I think that to some people, images evoke emotions in general. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for someone who maybe really connects with an image that might seem sorrowful because of a past experience or what have you, then I could see that. But when you look at it, it's the crying boy is not I don't know. It's just it's. It's a weird kind of sad. When I was looking at it, it's the tears are very prominent. It kind of reminds me of of Studio Ghibli tears that are just so big and watery. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm with you on that one. The customer may always be right in the matter of taste, but I'm going to question this one. I don't understand (laughs) what you're going, like, what about a sad child? calls out to so many people that it was mass-produced.
0: Questions. Yeah, questions. So, <laughs> and and I think that would be a great thing to explore in future episodes. So if anyone has images and items that have a similar atmosphere about them, please let us know and we'll dive deep into them. Sure. But with that being said, D, what's next on the list?
1: Speaking of things that go on your walls, I am here ah. to talk about... The Myrtle's Plantation Mirror. So for those of you who may not know, it is a mirror that hangs in the Myrtle's Plantation, which is here in America and dubbed one of the most haunted houses in America, in the United States, I should say. Yes, America is a large place. The United
0: States is our country.
1: So in the United States, the Myrtle's Plantation has a mirror that hangs in the wall or in the wall, on the wall. That is Maybe said it should be behind a wall.
0: Honestly. <laughs> Maybe
1: Because it is said to hold the key to opening a doorway between the world of the living and the world of the dead. And it is said oh, to house Sarah Woodrow and her daughters who died within the home. Now, people who see this mirror oftentimes find fingerprints on it. There is a constant dripping that is on the mirror almost as if it's a condensation that's on the inside of the glass
0: like tears or what does that mean
1: i don't know i mean because you know how condensation kind of gathers on your glass and it can drip down yeah typically that happens on the outside of a glass or a window Mm -hmm. sometimes a mirror if it gets real steamy in the bathroom but this stuff can't come off people will wipe it down with a cloth and it's not wet it's almost as if it's on the inside of the mirror
0: do you like have they done studies like is it a double pane or uh, that i don't Cause, know cuz the the photo itself of the mirror it it isn't in terrible condition because I've seen really beat up mirrors.
1: Right. This mirror is still fully reflective. It's still cleaned. It's still, mm-hmm. it's not cloudy. It's not cracked. None of that. It just, and people who see it, you know, past the fingertips and the con, like in the drips, when they take photos, they often find silhouettes in the photos, in the reflection, you know, people who are dressed in period clothing, young mm. women. And it's it's very just it's one of those where you see the mirror in photos and you think, yeah, no, that that's got some bad juju in there.
0: (laughs) And we've talked extensively about mirrors and the lore of mirrors. I mean, it's like every place in the world almost has something associated with mirrors, whether they were like scrying mirrors, portals, um, things that steal the soul sure that can trap a soul i mean mirrors are fascinating stuff but to this day i will not look at a mirror while it's dark
1: yeah no i mm-mm. see and one of the places i have lived in we did a cursory kind of walkthrough online but we were moving and we just needed to sign a lease somewhere yeah and girl we got there And the master bedroom had, like, this little kind of mini hallway that led into the bathroom. Mm Mm-hmm. And that hallway had his and her closets on either side. And the doors were sliding mirrors across, uh, directly across from each other. Who, what madman set that up? I don't know, but they deserve to be fired.
0: I think someone that likes watching themselves in the nude.
1: I- from all angles, baby, all angles. All
0: angles. <laughs> we, we want the 360 experience, uh, ma'am. I don't, but okay. I yeah. <laughs> now let me ask Sarah Woodrow. Was she associated like an owner of the plantation, or was she one of the unfortunate people forced on the plantation?
1: She owned it. She was a plantation wife. Okay. And the story, and I want to emphasize story so hard here before I finish it, is said that her and her daughters died by poisoning because of a servant being jealous. Now, we both know that that is a bold faced lie. There is no way in hell, right?
0: <laughs> but, Mm-mm.
1: Victors tell the stories. So that is the one that is passed down, that um, a woman who worked in the house is the one who poisoned this family and killed them. And was said that she only wanted to make them ill, not murder them. All of this, again, hearsay. Completely. But yes, Sarah was the owner and then her daughters were obviously the daughters of the
0: plantation owner. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a lot to unpack there. There's I will a just lot. say that
1: <laughs> I—that's just one of those where I want to say it as respectfully as possible.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I just wonder what it is with—and it's allegedly their souls that are trapped in this mirror. Yes. Exclusively. Yes. Very interesting. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah.
1: Painting painting a plantation owner as a victim in any sense of the word um Ooh, questionable <laughs> is a little yeah very questionable
0: ugh <laughs> oh, man but let's
1: let's keep this ball rolling shall we what's your number 4
0: <laughs> yeah number 4 on my list is the Dybbuk box so a Dybbuk in jewish lore is a demon that steals children but and i've heard that as one interpretation of the dybbuk the other being that it's simply just this malicious spirit or demon that Mm -hmm. can haunt or possess individuals okay and in 2012 a horror movie had come out which as someone who really enjoys horror movies was something that i hadn't seen before the movie was called the possession okay and Typically, in horror movies with possessions, it's the whole Catholic priest angle, right? Young girl that's possessed. And with this one, it was incorporating Judaism and Mm -hmm. the the spirit of this Dybbuk. And, of course, a child, a young girl, was possessed. But kind of how we get there is very interesting and kind of what happens next. That havoc continues to be wrecked no matter what, especially whoever owns this box, holy person or not. Okay, and the story was that the original Dybbuk box, this was an item that was being sold on eBay, and the owner of the <laughs> box was saying, you know, weird things are happening, people are getting sick, having nightmares, like, yeah. seeing and hearing things, like, just not good stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was the uh, the warning incorporated with the box, and this man who had owned the box, I don't know if he's still the present owner, had offered to let the studio use it in the film itself. (laughs) Oh, oh no. Yeah, my stance is just like with Ouija boards, you keep that thing away from me. I'm not going to even be in the same room. Like, that's a hard pass for me. Yeah. But that in the end, owners of the box uh, experience these terrible things ranging from small things, such as nightmares, to being seriously ill with no known cause of said illness. Yeah. And... In the photos that I had seen of that eBay posting, the box was open, the contents of the box displayed, and they were, oh you know, God. curated items is the only way that I could say it. Okay. Just like if you see the film, it was like a lock of hair, a tooth. Oh, um, okay. A, a dead locust, you know, little items like that. And then the mirror, because, and I don't know if in the the original Dybbuk box was like a wine cabinet? Yeah. So the box was portrayed differently in the film than it was the reality piece. So expectation versus reality. Sure. I hope the dipic box and the Annabelle doll hang out and complain about this because (laughs) they were done dirty (laughs) by the studios. But it's creepy. The, The movie was very creepy and it made me not think about MRI or CAT scan machines the same way ever again. Oh, wow. And I will say that, but it's a terrifying movie. The demon, you could hear it, like, singing and speaking in Polish. So, yeah, very different than the usual possession story you see.
1: Yeah, it's... The box itself, I feel, is very unassuming. Yes! Again, this whole idea that certain things maybe know that they are not going to be accepted, and so they hide themselves in the most acceptable a digestible version that they possibly can and Mm -hmm. can i just say that when i was researching haunted items the number of ebay responses i got on my google searches what this could also be its own episode as well but what is this fascination with people buying shit off ebay that is supposed to be
0: haunted girl i spent a few hours one day a few years ago, looking specifically into those items. And I noticed most of the items posted were dolls. The greater majority, like well over 85% of the postings I saw many pages in. So not just like the first two pages, like of a Google search. I went deep. I took the time. (laughs) (laughs) I I was a devoted researcher and I wanted to get the facts to the public. But (laughs) most of the items were dolls followed by jewelry and i saw looking into one poster or seller that had many items listed Mm -hmm. the photos were often taken almost like you get the flash of the camera but then you move the camera yeah so it looks like there is an orb or something going in front of the camera some kind of haze surrounding the item and they all look like just really poorly taken photos. Yeah. Now, mind you, I'm no photographer myself. I've got shaky hands. I, <laughs> I am not cut out for the business. But even then, I was like, yeah, no, this is obviously fake because it's like haunted ring imbued with a spirit. Right. And all the photos are the same. All the listings are the same.
1: See, I, I want to bring in my number four with this question that I'm kind of realizing as we talk more and more. Is that how is it most of these items are haunted by women or girls? Because my next on my list is the Bassano vase, which was a silver vase that was just a carved, normal, simple silver vase from the 15th century. It was a Mm -hmm. gift to a bride who was murdered on her wedding night and was found the next day with the vase in her hands. so so already weird beginnings now the vase was passed down the family line but anyone who took possession of it seemed to perish soon after the vase then kind of disappeared in in the family hands and came back in 1988 with a note that said beware this vase brings death
0: what a great year to reemerge the vase is like time for the big reveal. Here 88. We are. <laughs> Ta-da.
1: And so the it, the story just gets wilder, right? So four more people died after coming in contact with the vase. Before a family finally demanded the police to take it away. And since then, it has never been seen in the public. It's not in any museums. It's not in any collections. It was taken by the police and has since disappeared. What I the f- fuck?
0: There's there's many layers to that fuck to be explored. <laughs> and Dee and I were also talking about the Bassano vase before we started recording. And my biggest thing was like, how how do the police, who are not keepers of... You know, who are not taught to be people who give way to supernatural or paranormal explanations. These are people who, from what I understand, (laughs) should be looking for facts, for concrete, data, provable, observable, tangible things. So why would you give this supposedly murderous vase (laughs) to the cops instead of, like, let's say someone... Who is a theologian, seminarian, you know, someone who yeah. associates with, like, religion. And hell, there's, like, experts on masks. I'm sure there's experts on vase, vases, especially deadly vases. Sure. Probably. It's a niche market, but there's someone out there.
1: Listen, I, I'm not a religious person, but if I came in contact with something that supposedly had murdered multiple people...
0: It's a serial killer, as far as we're concerned.
1: Bitch, your sweet ass, I'm going to the nearest clergyman and saying, this is yours now. This is your problem.
0: Right, because it's like two things. If you crack whatever item it is, Mm -hmm. in this case, the Bassano vase, it's merely a vessel. The material is a vessel. Sure. If If there is like an enclosure like the Dybbuk box, it's a vessel. Once you open it, once you break it, whatever's in there gets out of there. Mm -hmm. so trust that it will find another object to be haunted it's never like oh a haunted spoon or you know some (laughs) crap like that and the second piece and kind of tying back to your comment a few moments ago about why is it always women or girls yeah i can't even tell you how much of it is like the onset of like Oh, and the girl starts her menstrual cycle. Because, like, the sexual reawakening, she's becoming a woman. She's coming into her power. It's like even the horror movie The Witch. Yeah. About, you know, this young woman who these pilgrims, her own family, were threatened by her development, which could Mm -hmm. not be stopped. And I can't tell you how many shows I've watched where it's, like, alleged true accounts of possession or being haunted. Sure. And most if not all of these guests are women is it like hysteria is it the cultural piece what is it that women are just more predisposed to be haunted supposedly
1: supposedly
0: is it our irrational emotional pea-sized brains that we just (laughs) if we're not making a sandwich you know we just can't compute i don't know
1: well it's and this is like a historical thing of you know spiritualism was led by women,
0: yes, like oracles and seers, yeah, and, and wise woman,
1: tarot readers and all of like the rest of it was run by women, was founded by women, especially in the United States. hmm, you know, mediums were always women, they were more in tune with nature, they were more yes. in tune with the veil and and those who pass over. Mm-hmm. whatever you know i you know there are a lot of stories again stories though of women who who took that and ran with it and it was like this is who i am now this is gonna get me out of societal norms i'm gonna be the medium that people steer clear from so that i can have my own freedoms which i'm totally i would have been the same way
0: but, yeah bog witch for life <laughs> <Bog-witch> <laughs> I, gang.
1: I really do think that there is something there that people just kind of look past when they talk about hauntings and in mediums and what have you and how it directly ties to, to women and historically how it ties to women.
0: Yeah. And again, like we could break that into several different parts mm-hmm. and explore that, but just, just planting the seed. If anyone's noticed that too, yeah, that just, trend. Just
1: sowing those little rows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Good God!
1: But, but round us out. What's your last epa episode? Jesus, what's the last haunted item on your list, dear?
0: My my last episode of the hauntings experience in my life is the anguished man painting, mm. and this is a disturbing painting. It looks very like thickly applied, very painterly, like maybe palette knife kind of thing. The story goes that this painting was. Created by an individual who was very deeply troubled, had severe mental illness, and had taken the artistic liberty of incorporating (laughs) their own blood in the oil paint that was used on the piece. Again, all stories. Yeah. And that this individual committed suicide upon completion of this piece. Mm. and that the man who had owned the piece following the artist's death was alleged to have heard, like, noises and seeing, like, nightmarish things in his home, you know, just not good things, that, again, it was a very bad vibe, very bad environment yeah. of being in this painting, which, like, if this guy was incorporating all of his trauma into the anguished man. Yeah. Like a projection, almost. So, you know... In the interest of time, Dee, why don't you round us off with the last but not least? So
1: my last haunted item here that I wanted to bring up was the good old fashioned Blarney Stone. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that that took a very sharp turn from what we have been discussing. But for anyone who, who may like to know, I do have some Irish in my background, but that does not mean much because I'm sure everyone has Irish in their background however the Blarney <laughs> Stone exists somewhere near the Irish town of Cork and it is said that a kiss on the stone brings good luck but any piece that is removed from the stone brings bad luck mm-hmm so reports of people have take who have taken pieces include depression loss of employment financial woes just suddenly their life is doing complete to dog shit they're losing Mm -hmm. things they're you know it's it's crumbling around them and so the people who then have taken pieces of the stone mail them back within weeks and months once they've realized that the curse is quote-unquote real and so it's i think it's more of a play on the curse aspect of Mm -hmm. again people taking shit that they don't need to be taking and thinking that they are just <laughs> allowed to do whatever the hell they want. And then all of a sudden Karma is bitch slapping them backhanded. Like
0: You mean the Blarney Stone is bitch slapping them? And I yes. gotta wonder, does the stone have a P.O. box? Like, what's the address <laughs> that you send it? Like, who do you send it to who's the official like Blarney Stone returner individual? What? Who has that title?
1: I kind of wonder if it is a national park. Sort of oh, I like see. how, you know, Yellowstone with the geyser. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if someone were to take rocks from Yellowstone and then all of a sudden a curse followed them home, they would mail them back to just the park ranger office or whatever and just write a note of, please put it back. I'm begging you. Like, this happens enough that it is known that people mail the rocks back.
0: Oh, shoot.
1: So I just, again, lads, lasses, and everyone else. Don't take things <laughs> that aren't yours because you might have a curse placed upon you.
0: Yeah, do you want a curse upon your bloodline? A pox upon the bloodline? <laughs>
1: dishonor on you, dishonor on your <laughs> cow. Etc, etc. Etc, etc. But yes, that I feel like is more of a a fun kind of curse to talk about and maybe a happier I don't know, something to end on.
0: <laughs> I mean, but there's so many of those stories, like with Robert the Doll, where, like, you insult the doll, bad stuff happens. You got to send an apology letter back. You got to right. send something back. It's kind of embarrassing, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so out of out of all of our, our top fives... And just, you know, doing the research. Do you have any final thoughts and opinions about cursed items in general or any in specific?
0: Don't think you can handle it. Ooh. Don't don't try to be that guy. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. How about you, Dee? What are your words of wisdom?
1: I would just end it again on don't take shit that doesn't belong to you. Mm. And just treat everything with respect. Truly. That's, that's all I can end it with.
0: <laughs> I think simple to the point. Yes. And always relevant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and always relevant, yes. Well, with that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have enjoyed it thus far, leave a like, a rating, subscribe, bookmark, shout us out into the universe, and send us to your friends. Tell them that we are awesome and worth listening to. We greatly appreciate all that you do for us. Reminder, this will not give you a curse if you listen to it on your laptop or phone. Debatable. And until next week, stay alive, friends.
0: Take care, everyone. up from the heathens. <laughs>